Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the book reporters. It's been a couple of weeks. Well, we're back. Um, hi, Lauren. Hey, Joe. <laughs> I forgot how to start this. <laughs> uh, well, how's yeah, how's it? A little bit. I know. How's everything going with you? Pretty good. Yeah, nothing new. I'm just getting through some books and some audio books and. Yeah, just enjoying the nice weather. Also, it's hot here. Today. It is hot. We yeah. had a great we had a great weekend, but I spent all of it inside because I, I don't know some my knees been hurting, and I wanted to get. I wanted to get was it was like perfect weather here at least mm-hmm. over the weekend, but. I wish I could have gotten out, but like my knee was just so. I don't yeah. know what I did to it, but like I ended up not being able to do anything really all weekend. So. Yeah, I'm sure we like we've talked about before that we have similar weather since we don't live too far apart, and we yeah. it was similar this weekend, and now today is just crazy hot in the 90s and. Yeah. Not super fun, but it's yeah. nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh I'm home from work. It's uh a big release day for the both of us. A big book release today that I know the both of us were looking forward to and we're actually going to talk it next week. But uh yeah, I've already I've already started on it and I'm hooked in as usual. I gotta say this is probably my most anticipated book this year. Um I don't know necessarily like why it stands apart from the rest. I because there's a lot of authors that we you know that have books out this year that we both love and there's just something about Riley Sager's books that mm. Um, yeah. you know, I think are, are, are just, I don't know. They, for some people, they just are auto buys and that plus the cover plus the synopsis. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm excited to dive in tonight. Yeah. I've, uh, I told you before we got on, I'm at, I've, uh, been reading at work on the Kindle app on my phone. And I think we've taught, we've said this before. It does different, like depending on what you're reading it on, if you're, whether you're reading it in an app or like on an actual Kindle, the percentage number can vary for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But at least according to the Kindle app on my phone, I'm at 17% which I checked is page 56. So that's where I'm at now. And for the book dropping today and you working, that's pretty impressive <laughs> to already be there. Well, I mean about like with breaks and then with breaks and lunch, I get like an hour total. So it's right. like maybe takes me like a minute per page. So, yeah. and it's a, uh, yeah, I, I I know you pre-ordered it, and then I was going to pre-order it, and I waited, and then 
I didn't pull the trigger. And I guess not a lot of places aside from Amazon deliver on release day. And I know you had Kindle, but for the physical copy. And I didn't want to wait um, just because I was excited about the book and also because we plan on discussing it. But um, I waited until this morning and then I, I got on Barnes and Noble and, and pre-ordered it for pickup at my local store. But um, it was just like fun. It was just, I haven't been this, like I said, this like pumped for a, a book in a, a new release in a long time. And I still have a couple that are coming out soon over the summer, Ruth Ware, um, Catherine, Ryan Howard and uh, Alice Feeney are all people I'm looking forward to their books. The book you covered, One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose was another one that I was anticipating. And now I still haven't read it, but I, I plan on reading <laughs> it soon. But these are on my short list of anticipated books. But at the top of the list is Riley Saker's newest one. So I'm yeah, and, um about that. So we're go we're going to talk that book next week, and we're going to have a guest joining us. Um, uh, Kate from she has her own podcast called Between the Lines, where she interviews different authors, and she's a big Riley Sager fan herself. And I reached out to her like just to, you know, I connected with her on Bookstagram, and I you know, reach out, like, see if she ever wanted to, uh, do a collab, collab, uh, whatever. I don't know how to talk right now sometimes, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, she's, uh, she's going to be joining us for that and very much looking forward to it. But we have, uh, as we said a couple of weeks ago, we got a couple of books to discuss. I feel like one, my book, we're going to discuss a little more than yours because you read with the extra time you were able to read the book. Um, I picked for this episode. Right. And, but like you and your pick, like it's not actually out yet. Is it, is it like out in another week or two? I believe it comes out. I thought in July, um, it was like a you, really you, early you release an, book from, you had book an arc of, of it. Club. Um, but yes, it's. I believe unless you're subscribed to Book of the Month Club, it's not out yet. Oh, oh, you got you got from Book of the Month, July nineteenth. Okay. Yes. But it's yeah, it's, it's actually actual pub date is pretty much a month from now. Yeah. Okay, but it's one I'm looking forward to reading myself. But uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it, though. So, yeah. uh, what, what what book is that? All right, so I will start. We're going to do, um, I'm going to do Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier. When Paris Peralta is arrested in her own bathroom, Covered in blood, holding a straight razor, her celebrity husband dead in the bathtub behind her. She knows she'll be charged with murder. But as bad as this looks, that's not what worries her most. With the unwanted media attention now surrounding her, it's only a matter of time before someone from her long-hidden past 
recognizes her and destroys the new life she's worked so hard to build, along with any chance of a future. 25 years earlier, Ruby Reyes, known as the Ice Queen, was convicted of a similar murder in a trial that was a media sensation and riveted the nation. Reyes knows who Paris really is, and when Reyes is unexpectedly granted an early release from prison, she threatens to expose all of Paris's secrets. Left with no other choice, Paris must finally, once and for all, confront the dark past she thought she had escaped. Because the only thing worse than a murder charge is the dark personal history that Paris will do anything to keep hidden. So that sounded really good. Now, this is my first Jennifer Hillier book. I know she has some other ones out there that all seem to have great, um, you know, great accolades behind them and a lot of good reviews. One of them I talked about on this podcast, like, and right. I think it was back in episode, within like our first few episodes, I um I talked little secrets on this podcast, I remember. Right. And that has a huge following and, and you know, pops up on, it, it's not even new at this point, but it's, you know, I feel like I see it on Facebook groups about books and bookstagram all the time. So this book starts off great. I, you know, you're, you're immediately in Paris's shoes pretty much. And she has just discovered maybe killed, who knows her husband, who is this beloved comedian who is older than her. And, um, was staging his comeback. He was like a beloved comedian and uh, was successful. He had a, a TV show and, you know, then just kind of, you know, nothing happened really on his career. He just, you know, kind of mellowed out, semi-retired and then was staging this comeback with a fictional version of um, Netflix and it was going to be a three-part series and, and this big thing. And I, the first one had already come out, the first part. And that really got him back in the spotlight. And then he dies. So Paris had, had been quite secretive um, or remained in the shadows during their marriage. She, When she married Jimmy, they you know, he was still in quote unquote retirement. So staying kind of, you know, behind the scenes was fine. But once he was making his comeback, they had, you know, more spotlight on them. It was more difficult for her to maintain a low profile, but she did. Uh, I think there was a part where she didn't want her engagement ring to end up like, on a magazine cover type of thing, or, you know, like people magazine wanted her to, to be a part of this story and she would decline. And, but it, you know, with a lot of celebrities, they, a lot of them are private and certain celebrities that aren't married to famous people, you don't even know who they are. So I don't think that was out of the ordinary, but we know as the reader 
and you know it's right there in the book jacket that something is not right <laughs> there's reasons why she wants to keep her her you know her her name and who she is uh out of the spotlight a lot of people had called her a gold digger right off the bat and she is you know when she is arrested it it immediately doesn't look good for her she was found in close proximity of jimmy and with their big age difference i don't know if it specifically says i i want to say it's maybe around 23 to 30 year difference in age um she's definitely vilified right off the bat but um this story is not just told by paris it also shifts to a true crime podcaster named drew who is following both the current situation as this death of jimmy is uh you know front page news and his wife has been arrested so he's kind of following that but then he's also following ruby reyes who is the ice queen who um killed a former boyfriend of hers a long time ago and i won't say exactly how she killed him but um there's a reason why she's called the ice queen and i thought that was one of the best parts is how they revealed that um it's just like a one-liner it's not like a big plot twist and i just thought that that was pretty pretty icy how she did it um so she's getting released he has followed that case for 20 years because he has a personal connection to it and the other point of view is hearing from ruby herself so you have these different time timelines different cast of characters and how do they all intertwine i think it started off great it did lose some traction and i've read some reviews that by the time it switched to drew it kind of lost some steam and i agree with that and i don't know why I don't know why it took me 10 days to read this book. I feel like I feel like maybe there was almost too much going on in how they connected and each story could have just been its own book. So I feel like each part just was almost like too heavy for one book. Like you get invested in Paris and then it switches to Drew and how he knows the Ice Queen but not because of the murder because of his upbringing and and his connection to that and then you have the ice queen and her um how she got to you know be in prison for murdering someone but it it just sounds like such a great story and there was nothing necessarily wrong with it i just i think losing steam is the perfect way to put it it just kind of went a little bit too long and it didn't need to be as deep if we're really going to just cover all of these topics, I feel like it should have, you know, it didn't have to get as involved as it did because then I kind of lost interest. I also feel the ending tied up really, really nicely for a thriller murder mystery. And I feel like 
I don't want to say like a happy ending to it, but it pretty much was like all tied up. Not that you had answers to like you do, you did have answers to everything, but it was almost like on an unrealistic level, not like, okay, there were no loose ends, meaning plot holes. There weren't those that I can think of, but it was just like, okay, the universe is right again. And, and everything is fine, even though we just covered like murder, another murder, you know, child abuse, abuse. Like there, there's so many dark elements. And then at the end, it's like the end. <laughs> so I, I thought that that was a little unsatisfying to have trudged my way through this book. Um, I was harsh with my rating. I just looked today and I gave it two stars and I'm even shocked that I did that because I feel like perhaps I would say it's a 2.5 and perhaps I would round to three, but that's what I put though. Those are my, my feelings when I was done. So that was maybe, maybe harsh. I was just, I think a little bit like ready to be done with that book. So those are my thoughts. I don't think that it should discourage you from reading it because everybody's different. And I've read plenty of reviews since then that gave this five stars or four stars. And, you know, it's just well, a I'm difference not, of opinion. I'm not discouraged. And even with your low rating, your rating seems like it might, given how surprised you were, it seems like it might have been like a knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. of a rating like because right. i mean yeah. for the most i mean your criticisms do sound valid but for the most part you said it did aside from aside from like where it lost steam as you put it like mm-hmm. it i mean there were still it sounds like still plenty of positive things that you found with this Right. So yeah, I tend to to be less. How do I put it? Like, I try and be objective in how I discuss my criticisms or critiques, but I'm also like my ratings are also my personal feelings about it because for me, I don't want to look back at that book and be like, oh, four stars. Okay, that must be good. I'll recommend that to someone. When not that I wouldn't recommend it, but I also you know, I would rather myself like recommend a book that I truly, I feel is a four or five star. Like I don't want my ratings to blur how I would view it six months from now when I forget about the book. But yeah, I, you know, it wasn't a bad book and it wasn't poorly written at all. There, like I said, there were no plot holes or just, awful you know things about it it just to me was slow at the end of the of the day yeah well i mean you're not discouraging me from reading it so yeah um i have it on hold at the library when it comes out so i'll be able to read it then Mm -hmm. and um yeah but because i do remember really enjoying little secrets and i'm not I'm not sure the rate. I don't remember whether I gave that four or five stars 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, I still, um, her previous one, Jar of Hearts, I know is a Kindle Unlimited title, which I have that mm -hmm. in my library. Um, so that's, I mean, I'm going to get to that eventually too. Yeah, um, I, but, I think I might even have that too. And I've been wanting to read that. My so. reading list is stacked right now because I have, um, I have like multiple books from the library right now that just came out there. I had even more that I ended up returning that mm -hmm. I... I um, told myself I'll come back to just because I didn't have time for them right now. And like other people are waiting to read mm -hmm. them. So, uh, right. but yeah, my list is kind of stacked right now. So, um, but it's like July 19th. So it's about a month away. I'll see like how my stack is like, what kind of stack I have. Then. Right. Yeah. But, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> that's all that, that I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, still, I mean, still not bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, I look forward to reading it myself and coming back and saying, uh, how I felt about it. So, yeah, I mean, j just like a little update, like, uh, like I know we did with uh what was that? Flicker in the dark. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, like you had something where like you figured out the twist kinda early on and I figured it out the same way myself. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I think that'll, until I read the book, right? So I think that'll do it for that book on this episode. So we'll pause it and move on. <laughs> yeah. And Omix, this one is going to be more of a discussion with, uh, between the two of us, because as I said, uh, earlier, in the extra time we had off, you managed to read this one yourself too. So, um, mm -hmm. my pick for this week is I heard you scream by Emerald O'Brien. Um, I saw recommended by another favorite of ours and friend of ours, Kirsten Modulin, uh, had given this a recommendation back when it came out. So yeah. here, here is a synopsis for that book. Five can keep a secret if four are dead. On a cold fall night in a small Canadian town, four of Chelsea's friends are found dead, victims of a brutal stabbing, a selfish act of revenge. The only witness, Chelsea spends the next five years struggling to bury her trauma. The victim's families call her a hero. Her fiancé calls her the love of his life. Her best friend tells her there's nothing more she could have done for her friends. She's almost convinced herself that is true when she, when she attends an anniversary memorial held at the scene of the crime. But Chelsea's ability to ignore the past comes to an end that very night when she receives an intimidating message. 
Tell the police the truth about what you all did that night, or I will. You have 48 hours to confess. It is, an, is it an empty threat from someone digging for facts they don't actually possess? Or does someone else know Chelsea shared a secret with her friends? Either way, Chelsea knows the stakes are too high to ignore when the, back, when the blackmailer resorts to violence. Those closest to her might be the next victims if she doesn't do as they ask. The truth can ruin her life, but the lies have her just as trapped. A pawn in a deadly game even she doesn't fully understand. She has no choice to confess. But Chelsea's about to discover that some things are best taken to the grave. So, from, um, off the bat from the beginning of the synopsis, did any other shared favorite title between the two of us come to your mind? A story about a sole survivor of a massacre? Yes. <laughs> I, that's so funny that you said that because I was reading this and I was like, I should text Joe and say final girl vibes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then I forgot. That's, I, so, well, that's so wild. I think I thought I mean, about it makes text- sense, but yeah. I think I thought about texting you the same thing. And I had a moment like, wait, did I text you that? I couldn't remember if I did or not, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I thought that the synopsis, and then I, I want to say it was like the first or second chapter. I, I was like, ooh, this is yeah, this is. I love that, love that kind of vibe. And of course, you don't want to read about it every time you read a book, but it's nice to you know, to, to jump into that lone survivor kind of massacre vibe from time to time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in, it's a similar set, like a, uh, it's like a cat, I, I don't know if I'd call it a cat, it's a, you could maybe call it a cabin in the woods. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I believe on a, it's set on a, like a lake house. Kind of, I think it's a lake house. It's been a couple of weeks since I, I should have refreshed myself a bit, but. um, Yeah, I think yeah. it is because I think the, even the road is something related to a lake, but yeah, well, I, I mean, mean I, you I definitely know, get like an isolated. I know, I know field. because the, the night of the massacre is Chelsea takes a walk down to the lake to like the, there's a beach. Right, right. There, that she takes a walk down to. And that's, like, mostly how she's able to avoid the massacre. She comes back to find, um, like, her friends dead or dying. And so, but it's... uh, Right. Yeah, it's it's friends, and they have this unique relationship that they all met at a Halloween party where they were like all kind of I don't know if I'd say stragglers but they were kind of these group of people who were like kind like kind of like not 
like didn't want to be at the party almost. Mm-hmm. And they just like all found each other like on the back deck. Mm-hmm. Like um one of them is Chelsea's friend Morgan who had dragged her to the party with her boyfriend Steven and the official story of the massacre is that Steven did it. For most of the um that's the official story that's been told for uh how the massacre unfolded was that he was the perpetrator. But and it's um when I got uh I'm gonna pull something up here. I wanna get all the names here. It's uh so Chelsea and Morgan, then John and Lennox and Ellie, who are siblings, and the house actually belongs to their father, Lennox and Ellie's father. So it's, it it just becomes like this place where they all go to, you know, have get-togethers, and, you know, you eventually find out that they hold a secret. There was another... There was another member in that group, uh, Austin, who ends up being connected. And then there's uh, John had a brother, Murray, who had been killed in a drunk driving accident. Or I think he, he had been the one who was drinking and driving. And yeah, I mean, I... It's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel really bad. I really should have refreshed myself on this before. <laughs> yeah, okay. but, it, but I mean, yeah. I I I I mean, I found. Uh, I heard from you that you read it, and like you know, I figure okay, I'm going to change up like how we're doing this and be make it more of a yeah. discussion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know one thing. It's I totally like this. Long. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, like, I know one thing I told you, like, this is not a long, this is a very mm-hmm. quick read. Yeah. So. It's under 300 pages. And I think, I think at first it, it, go ahead. The Amazon page says 203. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. Barely 200. Um, at first it was a little difficult keeping the characters, you know, Yes, I see that too. Two or three. Um, just remembering who all the characters were. But that's how a lot of these stories go, where you have friends that, you know, they're tied by something that happened in the past and now it's present day. And, um, you know, there's a cast of characters. So to me, at first, I was like, and it's not, it might not be the book's fault, but I, have been I went from someone who only reads one thing at a time to now I'm reading a few things I have audiobooks and it could have been me but I was like just getting some of these characters confused at first but um personally I I really liked this book I felt that um you know our main character was relatable she was like haunted by this secret that she has about what happened that night 
And a lot of characters in books are like that, but I feel like she actually took action on it, which a lot of times I feel like you you don't see that. You don't see telling people how you really feel and leaving a job and breaking up with someone and, and just like pulling, actually pulling the plug. I feel like a lot of books, our character just wants to do those things. And then you realize if you just tell the truth, then you don't have to upend your whole life. People understand. And this girl was just like, nope, we're done here. I can't put up with, you know, live with myself of what happened. Yeah. yeah, But well, because what happened, what ends up happening to like push her is, um, she uh, has a brother who they haven't talked in forever because her brother was best friends with Stephen, who was the belie- who was the believed killer, and uh, her, her brother's name's Jordan. He he always felt like there was no way that he like Stephen. It's revealed, like, through, like, the... Revealed through, like, the chapters in the past that he was... He was controlling and could be abusive, but he wasn't a killer. You know, Mm -hmm. and... George, like, there's no way he could have done it. So they have a strained... um, Chelsea has a strained relationship with him. But what Mm -hmm. ends up pushing her is... Jordan and his family end up becoming targets of this person blackmailing Chelsea. And so you, that is kind of what pushes her to learn to commit. And there's, um, there's, uh, the character who's Chelsea's a teacher at his, uh, in a high school. And there's a character who's her friend there. And there's this um, thread of a student at the school had gone missing the previous mm-hmm. year. So you, right. that's the thread that, and you wonder like, okay, is yes. this, go, is this going to turn to something to connect? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that part because it's so subtle. It, it doesn't muddy the waters of the main story, but it was, a nice little addition to it. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's like, it gets mentioned that, um, this girl in the, in the school had gone missing and Chelsea had helped counsel some of the kids. And it's something that is come is like, she comes back to at a couple of points, just a, you know, be like this. It's enough to make you think that this is going to connect in the end somehow, but Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's almost like a, Oh yeah, this happened kind of thing. Right. It's not trying to be like a B B story, B line, you know? Yeah. In your, in your main story. But, um, I will say I was surprised by the end. I did not figure it out. And I think that's pretty cool when you don't have a book that's very long either. I mean, 200 pages to 
to, you know, fool the reader and, and it's not, uh, it was very, it was a very satisfying, uh, end and everything kind of came to light in the end. I feel like the plot on the surface was, you know, it's a similar trope that we've seen before, but, um, it was really well done and it's, it's a quick read. Yeah, and so and I feel like it's a very satisfying one, plot one overall. One comparison I think is there's I know what you did last summer vibes with this story. Mm, yes. Because um you know, a group of friends did a bad thing and mm-hmm. and someone knows made, and they're being made, you know. The one survivor is being made to confess, like in uh mm-hmm. I know I did what which um by the way I found I um I had seen the movie the movie came out back when I was in high school and I had seen it back then. I found mm-hmm. out years later it had been a book. Yes. Because, yes Lois and I yeah, and I ended up reading the book and the book I read was like an updated version for like modern times. Like she oh, changed it a no. couple. Oh, I'd like to read that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just like a couple of things where, like, the original book had been written like back, I think, in 1973 or 74. Yeah. But, and the version I read was a was a ebook version, but there's stuff yeah. in there. I think. I I don't know, but it's um. Part of me was reading and I was like, there was no way this was written in 74 or because there's like modern references, but, mm-hmm. but the, yeah, Lois Duncan, yeah. like, lo, like the book, the book of it isn't like a slasher, like the movie ended up doing, which Lois Duncan has said she was unhappy with. Mm. Like the book is more like a, like a mystery thriller. So, right, right, yeah, so. it does have some elements to that. I, I feel like, but it's um, yeah, we both uh, both gave it good reviews, and I gave it five stars, and I ended up uh, I'm adding like Emerald O'Brien to like her catalog to re. I did, I recently purchased purchased another title of hers, mm. um called follow her home that I, uh, cool. I went on her Facebook page and that's one I saw. Like if you're, I think she posted it as a, like someone recently asked her, like, what's a good starter book for her? Like someone just came in and she, she mentioned that one, uh, follow what her, is home. It again? follow her okay. home. And, uh, great. <clears throat> she, uh, yeah, we have a lot to catch up on with her. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at. But that's the one. That's the one I went and bought next. So awesome. That's cool. in my library. But yeah, overall, yeah. and I, then we have, and then there's that Crimson Falls novella series between with her and um, Kirsten Moglin and. Uh, there's just so many books I want to read that 
You know, you ever get through, like, get to a point where you're like, I have nothing to read, nothing looks good. Oh my God, what am I going to do next? And then Avalanche, 30 well, books, and you don't know where to start. I am currently reading three books right now. Um, One of them yeah. is The Riley Sager, which I just started today. One of them is another book I'm definitely going to do in like a couple of weeks on this podcast. Yeah. Like two or three weeks from now. Uh, I'm trying to line it up with something. And the third one is one I started on before I started on the other two. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things like I don't have. I don't have anything from the library I want to read right now. And it was just like, okay, what did I purchase on Kindle that I've been meaning to yes. get? And I, the third one I'm reading is In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife, which Ashley Winstead, which she's going to have, she's going to have her new one come out this yeah. year. So I, I took that book with me on vacation and, but didn't have time to dive into that one. So that's definitely on my list. Too. Yeah, but I, um, I started. I also off... have three, three books going right now too. So yeah, so those are the three I have going. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'm going to have the house across the street because, or I'm sorry, across the lake, um, because everything pauses now for the, <laughs> for that. <laughs> but I, um, my my friend Nancy gave me the overnight guest to read. She gave that a good review. So I am start I'm in about forty pages in and I really like that so far. I am adding it to my Goodreads now because I, I never updated. And then I have an audiobook of things like these by um, Kimberly McCrate that I'm listening to from the library. And um, yeah, so those are my three three books for right now. Yeah. But I and you know what? I'll go ahead and say the third one I got. It's um, Woman mm-hmm. on the Edge by Samantha M. Bailey, which uh, which I I did her um, her new one, Watch Out for Her, on this podcast. So that and, is, that book I am in the middle of reading, but I set that one aside because I, I'm on Goodreads now. I started reading that in March, and that was when I was in that reading slump. And I just, like, I just couldn't read anything and you know that book was really good uh, I, I, I it's on my kindle but i'm lo- i'm loving that book i i mean i'm mm-hmm. it's one of the ones i'm on right now but uh and i've connected with samantha online and i've got her i haven't done the cup of joe podcast in a while but i got her to agree to do an episode with me so i'm awesome i think i'm gonna try to like do talk about that book on this podcast to put out simultaneously with uh, my episode yeah. with her on that oh, other awesome. podcast. So. Yeah. I, I still yeah, vividly remember the plot, which that, that is one. Lot. I think I'm about a quarter of the way through that. I'm like, this one is, yeah, I'm really into it, it's, but it's, it's, it's riveting it's, because yeah, it's going to pause a bit for uh Riley Sager, but yeah, <laughs> because yeah, I as as we I said we are talking that as we said we are talking that next week so we kind of got a we're on a time crunch a bit of a time crunch for it but 
yeah. it shouldn't be a problem. No, so it'll be good. <laughs> but to so, yeah, uh, I guess, you know, to finish up, there... I heard you scream as a five star read from me. Yeah, I, get five I gave stars. it four stars. I, I I gave it four stars. I, I thought it I thought it was really great um, for my first Emerald O'Brien read, and um, really I I I kind of put it in the four to four and a half category. But um, yeah, it was just a really enjoyable read. And uh, as for my other book, I I I think to each their own, and I. There's plenty of books that I've given five stars to that other people just felt the pacing was off and, and thus that, you know, impacts their score. And sometimes I'm like, how, how would you think that that book was, you know, boring or, or took too long or was slow? And, you know, for some people, that's just how it is. So that's all I can say about that book. But um, as far as negatives, but yeah, on to the next. Onto onto Riley. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, on that note, I think uh, I will. We can wrap this up. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back into that book and talking it next week. And we're gonna again, we're gonna have a guest join us for that. Um, we like that. A friend I connected with, uh, Kate, who hosts uh, the podcast. Between the Lines, which is uh, the video component she also puts out on YouTube. So check that out. And, um, yeah, uh, looking forward to that next week. So, okay. yeah, this was fun to yes. do with you again. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, yeah, same. So, yeah, everyone, we hope you enjoyed listening to us this week and we – Hope you'll join us again next week. And if you can't read along with us, um, but if not, that's okay. <laughs> uh, Are we, so, will we, we'll have to come up with if we're going to go into spoiler territory and, you know, if we'll need a, a warning ahead of time. I haven't even read it, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll. I'm sure with a discussion, it's probably hard to avoid it. So yeah, but we'll we'll preface all of that for those not reading along so quickly. All right, and I mean the the beautiful thing about this is they can li they can listen to that episode like three weeks later. If I mean it's right, not going to go away. So Correct. whenever the, yep. whenever you're ready to listen to this and. Yeah, if you're listening to this episode, say, like, April 3rd, 2025, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll still be the same book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, again, th everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week to talk The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. So, take care, Sounds everyone. Good. Take care, Lauren. Bye. You too. Thanks, Joe. Bye.